Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Welcome to the show, and today I'm going solo, which I actually personally love going solo. I love talking to you. I love uh, putting together some of my ideas and sharing them with you and and getting your feedback and your thoughts on them. So I hope my sound sounds all right. I uh, just lit up my one of my charcoal incense things, burner holder things, whatever the, oh, charcoal disc, that's right. And I've put a little bit of um, herbs on top of that. And so it's burning. And so I had to keep my door open because otherwise it's going to be a, uh, a smoky show in here. So just wanting to set some ambiance while I speak to you about the 10 lessons I've learned in the last 39 years. So I'm recording this episode for you on March 24th in Australia. And I officially turned 39 on March 22nd in Canada. So, you know, it's about a day or two now into uh, my 39th year. And I got to say, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling thankful and I'm feeling grateful that I am where I am and I'm exactly where I want to be. And I, I feel that really at the core of my, my soul, that this is exactly where I'm meant to be. Otherwise I would be somewhere different. So today the concept for the show is really to just go through 10 lessons or bits of inspiration that I've learned in the last 39 years. And, you know, maybe you've heard me talk about some of these on the show before. Maybe some of these concepts are going to be very familiar to you. Maybe I'll have a new take on them. Who knows? But I just thought that it was kind of fun to create a bit of a, um, of a birthday episode. So that's what this is. So let's get to it. Okay. The top 10 lessons I've learned in the last 39 years. Now, what I've done is I've written them out. I find that I might record this and then think to myself, I really wish that I had (laughs) put this other lesson in instead. So there's a real possibility that this is going to become part one. (laughs) And then I'll record an episode in the near future where I go, what I really wanted to say (laughs) in that episode. But anyway, so number one. And I guess these are sort of ranked in order of importance, although I didn't really spend a lot of time ranking them as much as just sort of writing out my thoughts. But I will say that this probably is one of the most important lessons that I've ever learned in my life ever. And it is the present moment is the only moment that you have. And I've talked about this on the show before, but you know, about five or six years ago now, I almost had a breakdown where I just had too many thoughts in my head. I was learning so many things, taking courses, and I I wasn't grounding properly, and I nearly gave myself a um, mental breakdown. 
And so what I did at that time was I discovered Eckhart Tolle's work and I discovered his work on the power of now and it changed my whole life. And one of the things that I realized from that book, well, the whole thing is a gem, but I realized how often I'm not in the present moment. I realized how often my mind keeps telling me that the future or the past is more important than now. And one of the things that I've worked really hard at and I continue to work hard at, and when I say work hard, I don't mean that dramatically, like I'm just sitting here stressing out, working hard at it. I'm becoming aware of it and, you know, working on being conscientious as much as I can. And so I'm realizing now that so often I'm not where I really am. And I could be out with George walking around the property and I could be thinking about something I need to do in the office. Or I could be, you know, talking to somebody and we're rehashing, you know, some memory from the past. And so those are just really basic examples. But I think that you might find that when you start to be aware of your thoughts, that your thoughts are so often wanting to take you away from the present moment. And so the present moment truly is the moment where we can find our power and it's the only moment that we actually have. It's the only moment that that's promised to us. What's that quote? There's a quote about basically how, you know, wishes and dreams are a prayer to father time because we never know what's going to come around the bend. We never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So a big part about my life and my lessons is really understanding that the now is amazing and to appreciate the now. One of the things I work with a lot with my clients is starting to reprogram your mind so you can focus on the gratitude and the appreciation around you in the moment. And all of a sudden you're going to start to see it more and more and more. When you are focusing on the now, your mind doesn't have an opportunity to take you into the past, which actually creates depression It'll t or take you into the future, which creates anxiety. Number two is you don't have to believe everything you think and that you can reprogram your mind. You know, I, I find that <laughs> as you get older, sometimes you learn these lessons and then you think to yourself, wow, I, I mean, why didn't I learn this years ago? Why wasn't this taught to me in school? But I do believe, and you know, this is sort of a spoiler alert for one of the lessons coming up, that we do learn things when we're meant to. And so maybe if I'd been taught this lesson earlier, I wouldn't have been able to really comprehend it. But one of the things that I understand now, and I've understood for a few years now, is that I don't have to believe everything that I think. And that for me has been such a freeing thing because so often, you know, our thoughts pretend to be important. And they pretend to be real. <laughs> and so often we are caught up in our heads about things that aren't real or don't matter. And so by me knowing that I don't have to believe everything that I think and that I truly am not my mind <laughs> has been a golden ticket to freedom. And that's pretty much the best way that I can describe that. Once you know that the thoughts that you're telling yourself don't actually give you value or decide 
how important you are or determine who you are, it just becomes so freeing because you know that you're good enough just as you are, no matter what stories you're telling yourself. Number three, above all else, trust your inner guidance and your intuition. I know that as I was growing up, I always was surrounded by really good people. I was, I've always been very lucky in that, in that way. And yet on the same token, I think that I've always had a really good resilience in myself and a really good understanding of my truth and how I feel about things. And I do believe that my inner guidance always knows what's right for me. And I think sometimes we get caught up in asking people their opinions and their perspectives and that we don't always take the time to check in with our own truth and our own intuition. And if I've ever asked somebody their opinion, you know, it's been because maybe I just want another idea or I'm working something out and I want a little bit of clarity. I was working with a client a little while ago and one of the things that we were talking about was this exact subject and it was around the, the idea of, you know, asking everyone their opinion on what they should do. So this person was being offered a job opportunity, okay, and they didn't really know if they should accept it or not. And so they were asking everyone what they thought they should do. And it was kind of funny because I said to them, I was like, one of the things that you want to be really careful of is when you're asking for so many opinions that you run everything through your own filter because everyone is coming at it from their own perspective and their own filter and their own experience, right? So for example, maybe somebody that they asked had quit a great job before to try something new and it didn't work out. And so that person would advise them against it. Maybe somebody uh, that they asked, you know, leaves jobs and starts new jobs all the time. So they would they would say that it's a good idea. Uh, one of the things too that I think we run into the problem of or we kind of end up doing when we're asking for different opinions is we shorten the story down, right? So let's pretend you're asking five people for their opinion. Person number one and two probably gets the full story, the full perspective, you know, both sides of the coin, blah, blah, blah. But then by the time you get to the person number three and four and five, you probably shortened it a little bit. So they're actually not getting the full picture. And so they're advising you on something and it's not the full picture. So I guess this is just a long winded way of me saying that one of the lessons that I've learned in the last 39 years is that my guidance and my inner truth is always right. And that I'm very careful about outside opinions and I'm very careful about asking for advice because I do like to rely so much on my own truth. And that doesn't mean that I always get it quote unquote right. It doesn't mean that I'm always making, you know, the best choice. Let's say hindsight's 2020, right? However, if I'm acting in integrity with my truth, and if I'm acting in line with what I believe is right for me, and if it turns out that there might have been a better way or another solution I didn't look into, I will still learn the lesson. And so it's okay. 
And I think that above all else, as long as I'm backing my own self and my own instincts, then I'm going to make the right choice. Number four, you can change your mind at any time. And no matter how far you've gone the wrong way, go back. (laughs) So this is also in line with my sort of recent perspective, I guess, on making sure that all decisions are flowing and understanding the importance of pivoting. And I think that so often we get committed to things, right? Projects or clients or, you know, anything, I guess, relationships. And if you're in something and you're going, this doesn't feel good to me anymore, very often people still stick with it. They're like, oh, I'm just going to stick with it and ride it out and make it work. But I think it's really important to be able to discern whether or not something is for you or not. Okay. So for example, with my business, Raw Raw Consulting, I had a membership last year. And one of the things that I realized is that it just was taking so much of my time, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I didn't really feel that I was giving enough or that my clients were getting enough out of it because there was so much content and information that I was giving to them that they were a bit overwhelmed with the amount of things that they could do and try and experiment with. And so I sort of realized that I wanted to do one-on-one coaching instead of a membership. And so I stopped that offer and I changed my business. And so that's just a really sort of easy example of showing you about pivoting and knowing that, you know, even though I was really committed and I will say that I, I can say this and talk about it like it's not a big deal, but at the time I was actually pretty upset by it because I had this really big vision and I loved having a membership and I really wanted to create something that was special and that was creating a community and all that. So I had a lot invested in it, but I understood it was as though my higher self was just telling me that there was something else for me to do. And so I listened to that and I decided to change my course, change the course Um, I often find that, you know, as I'm making decisions, very often business related decisions, that if something isn't easy or flowing or coming natural to me, then I need to really stop and wonder whether or not this is the right course of action. And I've been listening a lot to Abraham Hicks and, you know, their teachings really for me just resonate on a so deeply. I, I could listen to Esther Hicks channel them for ever. You know, I've probably listened to a hundred hours of that content by now. And one of the things that I'm constantly reminded by listening to that content is that our emotions are guiding us along the way. And so if something feels difficult or stressful or causing anxiety or worry or fear or anything, this is our emotional guidance system saying, hey, this might not be for you. There might be something else for you. And so, you know, one of the 10 lessons I've learned in the last 39 years is that it's fine for me to change my mind at any time. And the minute I get more information or the minute something just isn't right for me, I have to pivot and make a different decision. And I know it's really casual for me to say that, but if you find yourself in this position, if you find yourself maybe in a situation or, you know, heading down a road, let's say, and it's just not feeling like it's flowing, I really want to encourage you to stop and look at your options and 
identify which one feels better to me over all of these other options and then take that one. And I believe that if you are listening to your own inner truth and you're following the flow of your spirit and your soul, that you will find yourself exactly where you're meant to be. Number five, compassion and self-love is key. And I'm doing the best I can from where I'm sitting. (laughs) So I've shared, you know, with these I've shared this with you on the show before and, and I've got an episode, a solo episode called What's Love Got to Do With It? If you ever want to go back and listen to my journey to self-love and all the things that I've learned along the way and, and all that kind of thing. So I'm not going to talk a lot about it, about it here, but I will say that around, oh man, 39, right? So uh, just under 20 years ago now, I made it a priority to start my journey to self-love and it was the, it was really difficult for me in a lot of ways, but it was one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. And I'm so thankful that I put in the work to do that. And then I started to understand that building up my confidence in a relationship with myself is the most important thing ever. And I think that, you know, this is an ongoing process. I don't want you to, to listen to me and think, oh, she's, got it all sorted out, you know? Well, I mean, I have a lot sorted out, that's for sure, but I'm still working on it also, right? I'm still human. I still struggle sometimes with my thoughts. I still struggle sometimes with self-doubt, but I know that putting myself first and making myself a priority is really important and honoring my journey and my truth is really important. And that I am doing the best that I can. And sometimes I'm really hard on myself. And sometimes I make myself feel bad about really dumb stuff. (laughs) Like really dumb stuff. And I'm not even going to, you know, spend time on that today giving you examples. It's just not worth it. But I'm sure you can relate. And I think it's really important to remind myself on a consistent basis that I'm doing the best that I can. And that's perfect. And I'm improving all the time. I'm improving every day. And so tomorrow I might act differently than I am today, but today I'm just doing the best I can with where I'm at and what I know. And so that's why in a way, looking back on the past and the way that we used to react or the way that we've done things before isn't helpful at all because we're not the same person. And, you know, I feel that, you know, when I, when I let my mind, I say that casually, but when my mind takes me back, and wants me to feel bad about a situation that I can't do anything about or that happened, you know, 20 years ago or something, you know, it's really important that I'm compassionate with the person that I was then and that I'm also compassionate with the person that I am now because the same is true in both scenarios. I was doing the best that I can. I'm doing the best that I can. Number six, fear is not real. I love the acronym false evidence appearing real. I think it's so, you know, pertinent. And I feel that, you know, fear, fear is a big one. Hey, fear stops us from showing up as the person that we are meant to be. And I shared this episode, I shared this in an episode before where I was talking about fear, but you know, I've often let fear stop me from doing things. And then it's when I recognize that I'm going to act anyway. You know, I might have these 
fearful stories and, you know, my ego is like, girl, you better be careful. You know, it's like afraid of ego loss or power loss or something like that. Trying to survive, you know. And when I acknowledge the fear and then I do it anyway, I do the thing anyway because I feel it in my soul that it is right, then I'm always rewarded. And it might be a little bit uncomfortable going through and moving through that fear. But when you get to the other side of fear, that's where you get success. So for example, I decided that I would start making some cold calls for some people in my area. I know this is turning into sort of a business podcast. It's not really meant to, but I really am passionate about two things in life. Well, lots of things in life, actually. (laughs) Okay, but two of my big things I'm passionate about, spirituality and business. And so that's why I'm sort of moving into business terminology and examples. But I started doing cold calls for people in my area to see whether or not, you know, I could give them some value and and do some work with them. And it made me nervous to do that because I just thought, oh, you know, feels a bit sleazy to to be calling people and, and see if I can take, have a meeting with them to introduce myself, right? But I did it anyway. And you know what happened? I resulted in great relationships and I got work from it. So it just goes to show you that that was a huge step in the right direction. Uh, Another thing, my partner and I moved to a mountainous region last year. And I originally almost didn't want to move here because I didn't want to drive up a scary turny road for 20 minutes now and again. Uh, It's not really a big deal, right? Well, at the time it felt like it was a really big deal. But then when I realized that actually... I can take the road in 30 minutes or I can take it in 20 minutes. It's really up to me. Then it just became not such a big deal anymore. And then I worked through the fear and we got an amazing house. And now we live in a property and it's the best thing ever. So it's another example of just pushing through the fear. So I guess my question to you is, is there something that you feel that you want to do? But fear is getting in the way. One really cool exercise I learned from Marie Forleo from reading her book, Everything is Figureoutable, which is a really good business read, by the way, is that if you get clear on what you're worried about and then you come up with, okay, well, what would be the worst thing that could happen and the worst thing and the worst thing and the worst thing all the way to the, the root of the issue, right? All the way to the end result. What's, this would be the absolute worst thing that could ever happen. And then what would you do if that happened and you come up with a solution, then it kind of empowers you to do the thing because you're already ready if you ever needed to be with a solution for the worst case scenario, right? And if the worst case scenario is death, well, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you feel pretty excited about death because in my opinion, it's wonderful. It's where the afterlight is, right? And I did say there afterlight, not to be confused with afterlife, but you know, basically the same thing. I do believe that You know, we're not in the light here. Or if we are, there's definitely hints of it everywhere. That's for sure. But not in the light in the sense of, you know, where we don't have to cope with and work through duality and ego and and all that. But that's a whole other podcast episode. (laughs) Maybe I should do one on that. I don't know. We'll see if um, if I feel called to do that. So where was I? So what I was basically talking about is you figure out what you would do in the worst case scenario. And then you figure out, well, what would be the best thing that could happen from this? What would be the best thing from you taking 
you know, buying a property up a mountain road. Well, I would live on an acreage. I would have a lot of peace and quiet. I would live in complete paradise, right? So these are all the things that you can use to sort of help you along your way. But I think the main thing is to remember that fear is false evidence appearing real. Number seven, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. And I don't know if it's actually flipped. I feel like for some reason I got that maybe backwards, but the idea is still the same, right? It's from Dr. Seuss and it's basically talking about how, you know, those people in your inner circle are going to love you anyway. And the people who don't love you, they're all right. You don't need them. And I, I believe that, you know, one of the things that I am so grateful for is the fact that I have some amazing friendships and relationships in my life that have stood the test of time. My longest friendship is 39 years and counting. We were friends before we were born. Our mothers were pregnant together, right? That's pretty wonderful. Um, a lot of my best friends, been best friends with them for over 33 years, 34 years and still know them and still talk to them on a regular basis, got birthday greetings from them all, you know? And so I think that, you know, there's a lot of pressure in society to be liked by everybody. And I think that that actually can be a disservice at times. I think that sometimes if we worry too much about the opinions of others, that we put ourselves second and that we don't say the things that we want to say. And I know very often in social media and with cancel culture and things like that, there's a lot of fear about expressing your inner truth. But I guess I just wanted to say that I feel that the people who really love you and really know you, they've got your back and they're the people that matter. And everyone else, they don't matter in the same way because they just don't. They don't know who you, who you truly are. You know, maybe, maybe you're really honest and you're, you know, presenting your real authentic self to everybody all the time. I don't know, but I think it's important to understand and identify those relationships where they really just know who you are and they love you anyway, and spend your time on those. Don't worry about the rest. Number eight, keep your energy clear. Okay. This is such a big one. Wow. I know that myself sometimes as an empath, I also learned I was an empath like two years ago and that was a amazing opportunity and an awakening for me where I realized that, oh, wait a minute, you mean sometimes I feel anxiety or sort of thoughts from people and they're not mine? It was a real aha moment for me. Um, if you want to go back and check out the episodes on empaths, talk about it, my story in, in those a little bit. But Keeping your energy clear is really important. And so here's a really easy way of keeping your energy clear. And what I mean by that is that, you know, cutting cords and attachments and all that. So what I basically do, uh, it, I really aim to do this every day, multiple times a day, but I, I normally do it every day or every couple days, okay? Best practice would be every day, a couple times a day, especially if you're working with a lot of people. Okay, so what you do is you close your eyes. And for me, I always imagine myself in a tranquil location. Imagine my feet in the sand, for example, grounding there. And then I imagine myself shooting all the way up, leave my body, shoot all the way up to the seventh plane, high, 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 high in the sky. And that's where God is. That's where my angels are, my spirit guides. It's my safe spots where I feel like, oh, you know, this is the afterlight essentially. And I go there. 
and I ask to, I just say, hey, um, you know, Father, Mother, God, creator of all that is, please clear any negative energy, psychic hooks, any fragments, any attachments, wayward spirits, any cords, Archangel Michael and my higher self, please come in and cut any cords of attachment between me and anybody else. It's not for my highest good, blah, blah, blah. And I do that and then I envision it happening. I actually imagine, you know, cutting the cords and everything falling away. And then I like my body kind of goes up, up and it's all clear and beautiful and bright. And then all that stuff goes away. And I just say and transform everything, um, transform it all into, you know, love and light and healing. Oh, sorry. I started ranting there. So I just forgot what I actually say. I... And replace with unconditional love and truth, balance, protection, peace, and harmony. <laughs> Something like that, right? Sometimes I change it, but basically that's the gist of it. And so I really create an intention to replace what's gone with something that is supportive, unconditional love, truth, peace, harmony, balance, health, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I do. And then I imagine putting myself in a protected shield in a bubble. And I've talked about that on the show before. Go back and listen to that. And then I'm good. So it's really important that you are keeping your energy clear on a regular basis because we do pick up energies from people along the day. Uh, you know, if you go to a mall, for example, and all these energies are around, you get home, you're tired, just cleanse your energy. Also, one of the things I always recommend my clients do is that they envision a color in their shower. And so when they're having a shower, they imagine that particular color coming and cleansing them. So whatever color is going to feel refreshing and clearing for you, do that. You basically stay in the shower until you kind of imagine that the, the water's running clear. So you get in the shower, you imagine a color, let's say purple or white or light blue or something like that, green. And you imagine the light coming through your crown chakra, so at the top of your head, all the way down through your body, out, out your feet. And as the water drains out your feet, you'll notice that maybe in your imagination, it's a bit murky. So you just stay in until it feels clear. And then it's like a beautiful color and you just feel clear and cleanse. And then you get out, you put your shield on and you're ready to rock. Number nine, the power of cycles and the elements. This is a really big subject and I kind of feel as though it really should be its own episode. So I don't really want to rattle on too much about it, but I am a woman, right? So I go through a monthly cycle, but one of the things that I've also realized is that it's important for me to start to be aware of cycles in terms of what maybe element that I'm in. So I had a guest on the show a while ago, Amber Annette, and she talked to me a lot about elements. And I just felt like that was such a game changer for me that I started to really pay attention to what element I feel like I'm in at a specific time. So for example, if you're feeling like you're getting a lot of things done and you just want to like go and do a lot of the doing sort of work, then you might be more than earth. If you're getting lots of creative ideas and creativity and inspiration, then you might be in air. If you're feeling really just empowered and passionate and excited and a bit energized, then you might be in fire. And if you're feeling a little bit more emotional and sensitive, then you might be in a water. And so what I do on a regular basis, I actually have a calendar where I write down what element I believe to be in at a time. And I'm looking back to see now whether or not I can see some trends and some, you know, sort of, so I can kind of maybe predict when I'm going to be in a certain element. I haven't really figured that all out yet, but I'm working on it. And this is something that I realize is really important is that when I understand, oh, wait a minute, I feel like I'm in a water period right now. I'm going to be more compassionate myself with myself because I understand why I'm feeling so sensitive at the moment, or I realize I'm getting lots of creative ideas. So maybe I'm going to 
you know, carry around a notebook or just kind of be aware of writing down my ideas as they come in case I can't remember them all the time. So at the moment, I really do feel like I'm in a doing period. I just want to sit down and just get a bunch of stuff done. So I would say that at the moment, I feel like I'm in my earth. Okay. And then I have one more and this is so random, but I kind of felt like I needed a random one in there because all of the other life lessons are really deep <laughs> and really intense. Uh, or maybe you didn't find that at all. Maybe you just went, girl, I already know all these. Well, that's okay. I just, you know, I'm recording this episode because I just thought it'd be fun. So number 10 is that bar soap artisan bar soap that's homemade and amazing is pretty much one of the best things ever created in life ever and I always used to be a body wash person where I would buy the plastic bottles body wash obviously I would recycle them but still and I would use that on a regular basis and I always thought bar soap dries out my skin but then I realized that that's not true. When you get really nice bar soap, it's one of the most luxurious, indulgent things ever. And so I am a bar soap maniac. I, I actually had to tell my partner the other day, I was like, can you please keep an eye? I need help not buying bar soap for a while. And he's like, well, how many bar soaps do you have? <laughs> And I, I have around 30, okay? So, <laughs> and really, I mean, one bar of soap lasts, what, two to three weeks or something? So I'm good for a very long time. But I guess I just wanted to say that if you haven't already discovered artisanal bar soap, I would just so strongly recommend that you check it out. There are so many fabulous vendors on Etsy where you can buy lots of wonderful bar soaps or anytime you go to, you know, different markets and things like that, you can check them out. They are so luxurious and smell good and a lot of them are organic and, you know, it just depends what you're into. So you just kind of find what's going to, you know, inspire you. I love lots of really smelly things. So I love a really strong smelling vanilla or coconut or rosemary or peppermint or something like that bar soap. Cause that's just, I, I love that. And it, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's one of the 10 lessons I've learned in the last 39 years that bar soap is basically the best investment and invention ever. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to end today's episode. I'd love to know what you thought about it. Uh, did you even stick with me to the end? <laughs> well, if you're listening to this and you did, and thank you. And thank you so much as well for listening to this podcast. I mean, I do it for you. And I'm so thankful that you're here and that you listen. And if you haven't already, please can you, you know, leave us a review, help us get found and share us with your friends and family because I really would like to you know, spread the word of the Afterlight podcast. And, um, and also, if there's ever anything that you want me to talk about or people you want me to interview or subjects you think I would be interested in covering, I would love to hear it. So just send me a DM over on Instagram at the Afterlight podcast and uh, I'll get back to you. Okay, thanks again. Have an awesome day, night, month, year. <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday. <laughs>